Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Don Marshall. I am a large fat man living in Hollywood, and I am the frosted flakes with marshmallows of co-hosts. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know, my name is Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker, and chubby chaser, and... I'm all brand. That's that's I think my cereal. I'm just but are you with all raisins? Brand all all, are all you brand. with raisins? Oh no, just the brand. All right. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm next in the cereal aisle. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub, and I am um, French toast crunch. Yes, you've been looking which, for that um, forever. I yeah, I I finally got it after like looking for it for months. And my name's Michael. I am a chaser, and uh, I I suppose I am the uh, almond butter granola that is like it doesn't quite look that great, but then you try it and you're like, oh my god, this is the richest, most delicious thing I've ever had in my entire life. It looks like healthy stuff, but it's fun. <laughs> oh no, it's not healthy at all. <laughs> Deception. Is that uh the like where it's like it's like oh this actually isn't that bad, and the serving is like an eighth of a cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Fat yeah. Gay Podcast. So glad you're going to spend <laughs> another hour with us. Yes, for those too. of you uh, working through this in the future, things are still terrible. We're still in that. <laughs> uh, in fact, they've gotten terrible. Yeah, this oh, is yeah. this is the month where things got worse during the COVID outbreak. Uh, we uh, lost. Uh, you mean real American hero this week uh, with Ruth oh Bader God. Ginsburg and. I have never been so affected by the death of someone on the Supreme Court. I mean, Alito made me happy. I'm ashamed to admit that. I'm ashamed to admit how happy I was when he died. But this one actually affected me. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It's just starting now. Yeah. Yeah. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. We're in the flashbacks of Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. That is terrifying. <laughs> Hey everybody! Hey, hey, hey everybody! We, we well, we're gonna have, have fun this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. It'll be, so, in order it, to offset our sadness and depression and grieving for this week, we're gonna be talking <laughs> about sex. Lots Yay. of sex, sex and talk, sex, 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 and sex, 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 and sex, booty calls, and caftans. Uh, yes, and caftans. Uh, uh, let's. So, uh, I guess that's our cue. Yes, roll that beautiful mailbag footage. <laughs> So we had a listener write in, and uh, forgive me, this is a pretty long one, so I'm going to sort of cut to the good stuff. Um, but they said sort of in response to our last episode about uh, fashion and finding things to wear, uh, we had kind of a two-part question. We're going to start with, uh, they said, you mentioned caftans earlier in that episode. At the start of the summer, I was searching high and low for one as it seemed like one of the more comfortable garments to spend my summer in. The search led nowhere as I have never found one that came close to fitting me. Uh, he's 6'2 and 420 pounds, approximately a size six with one bone, which I don't know what that means. What? Maybe Trevor and Don can enlighten uh, me. That was the the t-shirt brand we mentioned that has uh, the uh, the height and weight kind of visualized sizes. Got it. Uh, he also asks about uh, overalls in a similar situation. If there's any, any recommendations for finding either of those garments, uh, it would be much appreciated. Um, I can jump in with the overalls question. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know about finding large sizes, but the alternative to blue denim is uh, once upon a time, I had a pair of overalls in canvas. And as you know, canvas is sort of, or it was canvas or muslin. The point, it was very oatmeal colored, but that also meant that it would take dye very, very well. So I dyed them bright yellow 
So I had a pair <laughs> of bright yellow overalls as uh, as a teenager that were quite popular. <laughs> Everybody loved mine. Trevor, this is the episode I picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, for for Dan's birthday one year, I made a hall of Dan that had pictures of Dan throughout the year, and uh, oh. Uh, yeah, it was sweet, but Dan, Dan didn't want any part. <laughs> I never went. Oh. I never went in that cave. I I lived through it. I didn't have to see it again. <laughs> uh. Anyway, the point is that you can use uh, a, a fabric like muslin or a canvas, and then dye it, even tie dye it. I imagine, uh, and achieve the desired color that way. Having participated in tie tie dye parties, it's a little expensive. It's a little messy. But you'll have a really good time and you can invite other people over to do it with. And you know what? You can do it COVID safely right now by rotating through the buckets six feet apart from each other while you're doing this. What stuff, kind so. of party are you describing, Don? A tie dye party. <laughs> it could be used to describe many parties, which we'll get to later. <laughs> yes. Oh my. Um, well, so do you know, I've never seen, I mean, big and tall plus size canvas overalls. Well, I mean, they're the. I mean, they're the, the the really bargain basement because they're not even they're not even denim, right? So I would imagine that they're available somewhere. But you're right, I I don't know. Where I right. know that the uh, Army Navy surplus store here in Los Angeles, the the really big famous one on Vine and Santa Monica, uh, sold overalls up to size six X, but they right. have gone out of mm. business since then. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, I mean, I know. Sucks. Once again, King Size Direct. Um, I don't think they're in like X sizes, but it's kind of by width, which I think would probably be around your belly just because of how overalls mm-hmm. ride. Yep, they're a box. Um, yeah. And I think you can, uh, I, I think that would be your best bet because I know they have very, very uh, large sizes. Darn it. Um, I just had the best idea for a Halloween costume to buy like a really oversized set of overalls set up wi- uh, really too big for anyone um, for me. And then putting a wire around the outside so it extends outwards like a hoop skirt and filling it with candy and then going to the parade. Oh, my goodness. You're you're your own <laughs> Not, treat, your own your own trick and your own come treat. Come on. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Not in the uh, pandemic. <laughs> Not in a pandemic. It is not a COVID friendly costume. Oh, God. And that you'd have to seal the bottom of those or you'd just be leaving <laughs> a trail of candy in your wake. Don, that um, is the most obvious. That is the most obvious attempt I've ever heard of to get someone to reach into your pants. <laughs> um, well, but still clever. <laughs> so if you want to wear no pants, um, as far as caftans, um, that is something I've always looked for. Uh, there is a new company that has been aggressively targeting me on Instagram called Caftco. Really? Um, hmm. K-A-F-T-O-K-O. And they have yeah. like two sizes, you know, just standard and tall. I've seen larger gentlemen in them, but most of their pictures are, you know, I'd say bearish or husky, you know, or muscular guys wearing them. Um, I've also been told that they take forever to ship. Um, Mm. So order now for next summer. (laughs) Um, As we always, happy autumnal equinox, everyone. That's that's kind of weird because like mumus and caftans are like the easiest type of clothing to make. Like that's part of the the charm of them. It's like anybody can anybody can do it in like an hour or two. So, um, I would also suggest for um, if you want something kind of flowy, beachy, I don't know, dustery or moo-moo-y, um, there is a plus size clothing company called Miles Ahead, which is it's you know 
feminine clothing, but very they they go to super sizes. So uh, I think this gentleman nice. would fare well there just because he's was six two and four twenty. I believe. Yes. Um, they actually. Uh, so when Dan and I went to the NAFA conference last summer, they were, were one of the uh, companies in the fashion show, and they had some amazing dusters. Which I don't know. I just I like a duster. Mm-hmm. Um, They're so. I cool. love a good duster. Okay, yes. so I don't really think I know what a duster is. A duster is basically just a a lighter open robe that is kind of flowy. So it does it have sleeves or does it yes. have armhole? Okay. It's but it's mm-hmm. kind of to be worn over something. So that that would I think be a good kind of caftan that alternative. Is not like, what I was thinking a duster was at all. I, I got that completely wrong. <laughs> I thought a duster was like a cowboy trench coat, like that sort of thing. Uh I mean it's a similar It, it is in the it. sense that it's cut as a big coat because it has sleeves and it and it doesn't or you it's not meant to be closed. Hmm. Right, right, Trevor? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I think those are good resources. And there is a second half to this question that I want to get to real quick about yes. alterations. Um, oh, yeah. Another thing he says, the other thing I'd like to address is the mention of the likely inevitability of needing to use a tailor. I understand this and I am beginning to accept it, but I feel for a lot of people, Americans at least, it's such a foreign concept that they don't know where to begin with. I'm not sure whether there's an obvious best place to go. Alteration shops, sewing shops, alignment shops, what would it be called? What is a good fair price for an alteration? Uh, what can I do, say, to ensure the best uh, fit and, sa- and that he's satisfied with the product? And he has a couple like anecdotes here, which sounded awful to me, by the way. Like, I don't know. The clothespins? I think you may have gotten really <laughs> unlucky in this case because I haven't uh, heard of this. But he no. says, so far I've had two experiences, one at a small alteration shops. I wanted to get some baggy shorts that fit well in the waist to be tapered towards the knee. The clerk asked me to go into a dressing room and place clothespins along the fabric until it matched the result I wanted. Uh, which is just wrong. Like, that's wrong. No, yeah, yeah. That's it's just not, wrong. Fuck that. Um, there, there was no measuring or anything. They didn't basically they didn't help them, which is exactly what they're for. They should have. Um, and the second was an app startup known as M Taylor. Uh, they have an app that scans your body and nothing but form fitting underwear. And from this, it is supposed to make perfect form fitting garments of your choice. Well, when he saw his scan, he noticed that the place where he was supposed to wear his waistband was completely obscured by his overhang belly. Uh, so that was yeah. he was suspicious of the result. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you guys can jump in too, but as far as I know, like the whole point of a tailor is that you put on the garment and they choose based on what yeah. you ask for how to tailor it. They put pins in, they pinch it, they, they hem check. it if it needs to be mm. like they and they play. They basically make all the notes. Sometimes they're using a little grease pencil to like write where Job. the hem needs mm-hmm. to go. Yeah, like it, it is supposed to be done for you. That is not the experience you're supposed to get. It's I like am doing one it of yourself. those guys that going to a tailor is kind of foreign to. Um, it's, not, it's not something I've done in the past except for like suit stuff. Right. Mm. Um, and I got to say like one of the things that worries me a bit is just like it, what if the tailor doesn't understand like how my body changes between sitting and standing. I have that problem with shirts. I buy pants that mm. can adjust with my body when I do that. If they take it in the wrong way, I'm going to be screwed. I'm going to be out of pair of pants. So, well, so in my experience, because I've had lots of stuff tailored, mm-hmm. um, I will just, you know, be frank. I mean, I haven't had the waist tailored just because of the issue of, you know, I don't want that touched because, you know, my waist changes when I'm sitting versus standing. Mm-hmm. But I've, you know, said with like shirts and stuff, like, oh, you know, I want to make sure this will. I expand when I sit down. So just like keep that in mind when you're tailoring. Have they been able to follow that instruction? 
Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. If you sit like in the shop, if you just sit in a chair while you're there, exactly. that show them yes. an example of kind of what you mean. Yeah. Um, as far as where to find tailors, I mean, there are people who are just tailors, but I'll, I find that also most dry cleaners uh, will have yes. an in-house tailor um, for alterations and such. Well, and here's my, my recommendation about pricing and things like that. You're going to get the best service, though not necessarily the best price, if you go into a place like DXL where they're, you know, they're, they also handle suits so they can also handle things that aren't suits. And that's kind mm-hmm. of, if, if you're new to tailoring, I think that may be a good place to start, even though it may be a little more expensive. You'll get an idea of of what they need and what it, what it should be. If you're trying to get the price down, the real way to do that is you look at the rent. What is the rent on the store that you're walking into? Ah, if you're in a neighborhood mm-hmm. that has a high rent, you're going to get a high price service because that's what it costs them to be in business. And if you're in a mm-hmm. place that has a low rent, it's it's a lot like finding a restaurant in that respect, right? Um, so yeah. part of what you're paying for is just the rent. And so that is a pretty good gauge as to where you're going to get a good deal. And then obviously you got to see what the result is, how, how the style of communication you have with the tailor. And remember, you're not going to get charged uh, before they start the work, uh, typically, usually you right. pick it up and they bring it. So my point is, if you're having, if if you feel like this isn't going well in the fitting, you can walk out. Like you don't have to yeah. suffer it. All right. So there was before we end the mailbag segment, there was one other thing I wanted to do. Uh, we actually heard back from Big Clothing for you um, after the episode came out last week. Uh, right. and it was actually kind of cool. Um, they wrote us and said, hi, thank you for the mention of your most recent podcast. We're glad to hear more conversations around big and tall clothing. We welcome this valuable feedback so we can provide a better fit and service to our customers. Whilst we do offer individual size guides on each product page, we know that shopping for larger clothes can be a struggle. We also welcome the feedback of listing the model sizes on images. We are working internally to see if this can be implemented as soon as possible. Um, and then they just sort of left an open, open-ended uh, invitation to reach out to them. In the future, um, we are looking at maybe maybe being able to get a promo code for them uh, for listeners to get some discounts. But uh, stay tuned for that. Which, which company? Yeah. Which company was this? Big clothing for you. This was the company based in the UK, I believe. Based in the UK. Um, yeah. Yeah, which we've we've had listeners had some pretty good results with their yeah. with their experience. Um, yeah. So that was kind of cool to see that at least somebody is is reacting to the conversations being had in the field. <laughs> Um, so moving right along, uh, Trevor, you've been a pretty outspoken supporter of Guy Branham and there's some very exciting news yes. in his world. Oh my God. So exciting. Wonderful. Uh, I just, it's nice to have good things happen. <laughs> Guy Branham is a, uh, a bunch of stuff. He is a stand-up comedian. He is a comedy writer. Uh, he is, uh, he's got, uh, comedy albums out there. He wrote for Chelsea lately. He wrote for the Mindy project. Uh, and he currently, oh, he had his own game. He had his own talk show called talk show, the game show. And he wrote the intro to Dan's book. And he, yes. And he wrote, uh, he wrote a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful blurb on the back of my book for me. Awesome. Um, um anyway, so he has a, um, a new sit- single camera sitcom coming. It's an untitled project based on his life. Um, and the little cool. synopsis is after his father's death, a gay lawyer, Branham moves his mom and niece from their small conservative farm town to West Hollywood upsetting their lives but helping them find a new definition of family which cool. yes i'm just i'm sold i mean i'm sold with guy branham i'm sold with that um it sounds I, like a really good follow to modern family 
Well, and yes. I love the inversion. I love it because usually what it is, if you remember the John Goodman show where like he's a gay mm -hmm. guy who goes home to Ohio and it's like the fish yeah. out of the water, like, yeah. And I think, you know, for someone like me, at least this is much more reflective of my life of like, I live in West Hollywood. I'm not going home to Ohio. I don't even know what Ohio looks like. <laughs> so the idea of having family come visit me in my hood is a lot more meaningful and interesting to me. Yes. Yeah, um, I did really like that. Um, this is coming out on, is it on NBC or is it on Peacock or are they the same now? I don't even know. Uh, I think it's to be announced. Okay. Um, well, it's it's coming through Universal NBC. Yes. So stay tuned. So congrats to Guy Branham and I hope it, I hope it goes well with the, I mean, I'm assuming they're still developing and writing it, but hopefully they'll yeah. be shooting it before too long. Lovely. I'm curious who's going to uh, play his mom. Oh my gosh, that's going to be a hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh, what's the actress's name? Uh, she was on The Americans. Uh, she She's also on um, uh, BoJack Horseman. Margot, Margot Martindale. Martindale. Yeah. Margot. I, that was my first I thought. I think she would be good. Yes. yes I think she yes. would be so Margot good. Martin, yeah, Margot Martindale. Her, or honestly, <laughs> Patty, Patty Lapone has been diving into a lot of gay content lately. So oh, yeah. I would not Ooh. mind seeing her on that too. Um, and what's up next? We have, uh, what? how do you pronounce his name? Is it Harvey Julian? Yeah, he's had uh, a really a really cool role on um, what we do in the shadows, the show, um, but also is uh, got cast in Zoe's extraordinary playlist. I have to say, so I have no idea what Zoe's extraordinary playlist is. <laughs> oh, it is a half hour oh. musical sitcom. Okay, yeah, yeah. That I was under the impression uh, there was supposed to only have one season, but apparently it went did well enough where they're reviving it. So yeah, and and Harvey Guillen is a, a wonderful actor who also is fat, and he kind of, grew, I mean, he started really young on on the Disney Channel and doing a lot of stuff for Disney, and right now he's in this really great breakout role and a breakout hit, uh, what we do in the shadows, which has just been he's all over the so place. So good in that, mm -hmm. yeah. He was also in mm -hmm. my favorite show, The Magicians. Yeah. Ha ha, plug. <laughs> he was in um, uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. He was in. Um, the show I can never remember that, that remember the name of with um Nikki Blonsky. Oh, uh, um, Fat Camp. Fat, fat Camp, yeah. Hmm. Um, it's also nice to see he just he's playing one of the very few fat lead sympathetic characters in anything. So it's it's worth checking out what we do in the shadows just for mm -hmm. that. Yes. Also keep an eye out on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist season one. Uh, Alex Newell plays one of the lead characters. Um, other a fat actor who's been doing so many interesting roles. Um, and I think that would actually be a good, a good way to start the show. Cause I've heard great things. Um, and then Harvey will be joining for season two. Yes. Lovely. Okay. Wonderful. Good things happening. Yes. Let's keep that good but times rolling. Breaking beyond pop culture. Mm -hmm. What do we have going on in Lizzo watch 2020? Lizzo watch 20 breaking news. Um, <laughs> well, for those of you who follow us on social media, there was a uh, weekend edition of Lizzo Watch. Um, Lizzo Watch and Kamala Harris <laughs> went on Instagram Live together to talk about um, the importance of voting, voter registration. But uh, I feel like that kind of got a little sidelined by uh, mm. the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg because it. Ginsburg, yeah. The news kind of broke right before that. Um, yeah. But it's. Uh, I'll share the link. Um, on the episode page because it's uh they should yeah they recorded it and posted it yeah it's it i actually really liked it i mean i i don't kamala harris is is from california but i didn't i hadn't actually seen her 
talk all that much before. And uh, it, I, I, I found her to be full of conviction, which I can appreciate, um, especially for, for a politician. I um, do feel more enthused about voting for her than I do for Biden. Like, I feel better about it. But. Cling to something. <laughs> you know? Find find what what convinces you to take action and cling to it. Yes. No, I'm, I'm very uh, happy please. about that team. Very happy about that please, team. Please, God, just vote for Biden and Kamala Harris. <laughs> like, I get it. I know. I know there's someone who's probably like, but Trevor, just please. Please, God. Just, <laughs> I beg of you. Look, we can... We can talk about your ideals in January. Yes, just but vote, we're, vote but for right now we're Harris. just just clutch your steering wheel a little harder and <laughs> listen to Lizzo watch <laughs> because let's get through it. Um, yeah. So uh, Lizzo uh, is doing a collaboration with uh, Australian sunglasses brand Quay. Um, Q U A Y. Yes, Q U A Y. They're also uh, committing $100,000 to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund uh, and election production to lift the barriers in voting in the U.S. Um, And I have to say, some of these sunglasses are like, like I don't Mm -hmm. need sunglasses, but I like some of these. And yeah. Um, is that because I'm since quarantine started, the... you don't leave the house and you don't need sunglasses? Yes. <laughs> well, also, it's like, you know, the sun has been blotted out by smoke. Yeah, that's uh, good. We're going into fall. <laughs> I'm a fan of the uh, the neon green flex uh, one. You look good at those. Is, is and yeah. the uh, the transcend rainbow. It sounds like you're looking at ones. them even now. Yes. I okay. was going to say, I thought you might like the transcend ones, too, because they're just so, like, colorful and and sort of retro futuristic, yes. um, which is super cool. But there is more going on in the world of Lizzo. There's yes. much more. There's more. Um, yes, there's always there's more. So Lizzo. much more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Lizzo um, sent Cardi B some flowers in uh, recognition of her success this summer with uh, WAP. Oh. Um, <laughs> wet wet S pizza. Yes, wet S pizza. Um, I mainly <laughs> included this because... There have been so many wonderful mashups of WAP and other things. <laughs> and someone did a mashup of uh, WAP and um, the Jeopardy theme, which I shared <laughs> with all of you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, 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 you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got with this wet ass pussy. Not from the It is amazing. It is. <laughs> uh, I, they're also, I, I didn't send this, um, but the Phantom of the Opera WAP mashup. I shared, no, I'm, people are sleeping on that mashup. It is, every, it, it's a wonderful time aside from everything else. So I didn't totally get this last one. I, I need Trevor to explain okay. it to me. It just says in our notes here, it just says Lizzo's butt colon period in all caps. So there was Lizzo shared a picture um, and it was kind of her silhouette and it was so, you know, it's her butt is the P and it says period. And I actually a listener actually messaged me like, what does this mean? Because there was all this stuff in the comments 
congratulating Lizzo on her weight loss oh, and dear. like you're doing the work. Oh. And it was there was just so much discourse. And I I read the comments and I just had all these feelings. And I did when I saw the picture, I did notice something like, oh, like Lizzo has lost some weight. But I don't think that was the intent of the picture to be like, look, I've lost weight. It was just I think it's like, look at my butt. <laughs> and it's like, period. <laughs> but it was this just very weird thing. And they were actually like, is is this pro- post supposed to be promoting weight loss like you know i love her she can you know i want her to be happy but like this is just a weird like well is it this is, is a it, weird thing is it the other kind of period like is it gynecological no okay. <laughs> no i don't it's definitely not so. that just a that shot in the, the dark first I have place no my idea. brain went yeah. <laughs> um but it was interesting just seeing um i mean i went into my own place of like analyzing what that meant what it meant about her body what it meant about weight loss and you could kind of see all these, I don't know, the, the different comments um, and just kind of how we hyper fixate on bodies mm-hmm. and weight loss and the virtues of that. Um, so, I mean, my main takeaway from that is like, don't read the comments, Trevor. <laughs> Never read the comments. Never read the comments. Yeah. I always read the yeah. comments and I always regret it. So sometimes a butt is just a butt. <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah. And I think this goes back to, I mean, we talked about this early on in the show, but like if if somebody like Lizzo wants to post a picture of herself looking fabulous and she has lost weight, like so what? She has yeah. control and ownership of her own body no matter what her size is. I mean, she's always been extremely body positive and empowering and she's not telling people to lose weight by posting this picture. So yes. what, like Trevor says, like whatever the comments are, that's those people's baggage. What Lizzo posted was just an awesome shot of her butt. And mm. maybe there's like a hidden message that I'm not understanding. <laughs> yeah, the period is hard to work in there, I guess. But I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? We're talking about it. That's right. Mm. <laughs> maybe it was meant to punctuate the image. And that's our transition point. Yes. Good job, Dan. Well, I put a nail in the coffin for that <laughs> yes. part of the show. You're welcome. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're revisiting kind of the topic of dating and whatnot during quarantine. Um, and I kind yeah. of thought we could frame this as entering phase two of dating in quarantine. Yeah. Because, you know, before it was, uh, I don't know, talking about like Zoom dates and, you know, cyber sex and whatnot mm-hmm. um and do you dare and do you dare yeah and, um so i wanted to kind of open this um with something that i should have pulled up sooner i mean i can play the the wet ass pussy a jeopardy theme right here while we wait oh you so sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm the only person in the U.S. who actually hasn't heard the Wet Ass Pussy song yet. No, no, no. I had no interest. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm behind you in that one. To, to be perfectly honest, uh, I haven't either. So wow, uh, we, can, we can all listen together at some point. We are so trendy. I count myself as on top of the ball for having known what the Jeopardy theme is. Yes. Good job, Dan. Good job. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. So let's say you're, I don't know, you're in quarantine. You just listened to a wonderful episode of our podcast and you get the <laughs> iconic um, growler message sound that only a select few, <laughs> when they hear it, like immediately it triggers something in their lizard, bra- lizard brain. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, you know, it's hi. Oh, hey. Uh, I would love to meet you. I'm Andrew. It's like, oh, hey, Andrew. And so you say, you know, Maybe you're practicing safe COVID uh, practices and you say, 
oh, I'm not meeting up with people right now because of COVID. And they say, mm-hmm. I don't have that. I'm clean. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let's meet. Yeah. So I'm just curious, to, oh. what are what is your gut reaction? What do, do you respond? Had, do you ignore it? Do you, I had what, a what similar do do? one to that, except rather than, oh, I'm clean. The response that came across just as a variant on this issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fine. I've been tested. I have the paperwork to prove it. Oh, that's yes. great. That's great. There's uh, the, ver- <laughs> the, the versions of I have a negative test. Oh, I only live with four other people and we don't do anything. <laughs> um, Except with our select bubble of 100 yeah. people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it is, I I just thought that would be a good jumping off point. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I, I think it just goes back to what we've always thought about as gay men probably is, you know, someone is someone HIV positive. Do you take their word for it? When were they, if mm-hmm. they were tested that, you know, what about since they were tested? Yeah. I mean, are the stakes higher now? I don't know. I think that's up to individuals to decide. Uh, but I think it's, it's really, I don't think there's any way you can prove to someone that you're okay. And like, I, like, I don't think you can prove it, but I think it's kind of a matter of what you're willing to tolerate as a, as an uncertainty factor in your own dating. Yeah, I think so. My rea- my gut reaction to this is I kind I'm of, I'm of two minds. I mean, on the one hand, like trying to put safety first at all costs, but also it's been well over six months. I think we've we're almost we're like at two or three days away, at least for us, of oh, from seven months. You can't just be a monk. Um, yeah. And so what are the safest ways to approach stuff like this? For me, I think that like the, the anonymous and or random and or one night stand type hookups is probably maybe beyond the scope of what you should be doing. It's the way like if you can, it's gone. Yeah. But like, if you can, if you can develop something similar to the overlapping bubble thing where like, if you can just pick like basically a COVID buddy, like one person, (laughs) Um, it, it's still, de- you still have to trust that they're doing the same thing, which, so it's, there's always going to be which an inherent means risk. Get to know them first, you know, like right. this person who texts you out of the blue and says, you like, Hey, I'm remaining safe during COVID, but I'd like to meet you face to face right away. <laughs> mm, yeah. He, something just doesn't <laughs> ring in true there. That's all I'm saying on the matter. It's just, mm. Yeah. Evidence I'd, says no. I just imagine like no. a, a dick shooting through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> or um, I is come it, um to save the day. <laughs> night of the Good job. Good job, Dan. <laughs> Don would know this. Is it Night of the Living Dead where it's the No, it's Day of the, the Dead. Come, they just the shoot through the, the wall. Arms come through the wall. The woman like yeah. the rose are back like no. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah, but it's just penises. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I was it's a little different for me because I was never one for the random anonymous hookups anyway. Like so. But I think that just nowadays, the stakes are so much higher that that like it is possible to actually get to know somebody before you do anything with them. A lot of people do that. So I think given how much more important it is for that to be the case anyway, do that. Like just put some yeah. effort in ahead of time. I mean, that's kind of what I've been 
I mean, I, I want to doing I've got like a couple of times and it goes to Don's point because I remember early on when we first had this conversation, Don, you were saying how unfulfilling it was to sort of like get to know someone over Zoom and you didn't really want to, you didn't feel like relating to, to someone's video. And mm-hmm. I think what that has now become possible because of various places we are in the pandemic, you can now have a coffee date with someone. You can have a, a version of having a bite to eat with yeah. someone. Will it go farther mm-hmm. than that? Well, that's that's the next thing. But I think that, you know, if you were wanting to have some sort of contact, if you're wanting to get to know someone and Zoom is just, you're Zoomed out, it's just, it's it. Uh, I think, yeah, maybe you do set up something if you guys can, you know, control yourselves and not go like, okay, let's go back <laughs> to your place now. <laughs> just speaking of horror movie similes, the thing that's... <laughs> <laughs> The thing that's been wandering through my my mind lately is The Thing, right? Mm. Where you're surrounded by all these lovely people, all of whom are pretending to be COVID-free and want to get to know you better. (laughs) But one of them may actually be COVID virus who just wants to get close to you any way he can. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to inspire paranoia in people, but it might help to think of that way. Like each person you're talking to, excuse me, I'm about to cough mid sentence. Oh, <coughs> uh, I got tested the other day. I am COVID f- COVID free. <laughs> That's what you want us to think. <laughs> <laughs> I have to put the wire in Don's blood. <laughs> um, but honestly, that's what it comes down to. It's like people don't know they have COVID until two weeks after sometimes. So if they're or, trying or, to get into, you know, yeah, or they got they got tested and then they had sex with three other people since they got tested. And yeah. well, now it's Tuesday. It's your turn, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So now is the time to explore your inner demisexual. That's <laughs> that's the type where, wow, it's your personality that really attracts me to you. And the only way I can know your personality is by getting to know you first. Well, sure. sure. And I think <laughs> they're rock hard throbbing personnel (laughs) (laughs) here i come to save the day (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean given that it's just kept going and i think i don't know what anyone's realistic expectations were for how long this would last but i I think we had all hoped that by the end of the summertime, it would basically be handled clearly in america that is not the case (laughs) very not the case um You've got to find ways to stay sane, but do it as safely as fucking possible. And I think it, like if, for instance, if you're living with people like I live with my my little sister and her husband, um, don't do anything without checking in with them first, like yeah. with the people that you're beholden to and make sure that like, OK, what are the risk factors there? Well, Julia and I both work from home exclusively, like we're almost never in contact with anybody ever. Um, Max works at his job a couple of days a week, so there's a little bit of risk that like trying to at least assess like will you cause an outbreak if you if you screw this up will you cause an outbreak or will you just be stuck at home where you're the only person at risk um i don't think there's any cut and dry easy answer but the best way to start that process is like a talking to the people around you that you might affect and b getting to know the person that you're considering hooking up with and I don't just mean like have a, a 20 minute text conversation and then hook up. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I can't help thinking about uh, when I was younger, like in the nineties, um, I remember there was a public awareness campaign of like, when you sleep with someone, you're not just sleeping with them. You're sleeping with everybody that they've ever slept. Mm. with. Well, it's happening again. <laughs> not only are you breathing with somebody, you're breathing with every single person they've breathed with. Oh you know? God. <laughs> 
Oh, so so much hot breath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, that's one of the things that I took into consideration when I'm talking to people right now. It's like it's not just your sexual activity, but like, uh, Mm. you know, what do you do for a living? Are you in constant contact with people? Oh, you're a cashier. I don't think you're a safe prospect right now. That doesn't mean I think anything less of you at all. It's just you're you're a nexus point. And that makes me nervous. Well, that combined with what Michael just said, it's, you know, who hosts if you have roommates, are they okay with you bringing someone into the bubble? Mm -hmm. Um, Or, or or is, or is, you know, I think there are a lot of households, uh, roommates were like, eh, COVID schmovid. It's fine. You know, as long as you're not, (laughs) as long as you're not dead, you're fine. I feel like the younger you are, the more dismissive you are of it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I've been, I was talking to a guy and he, you know, he, he's actually, he's 25. He's very reluctant to meet because uh, a lot of people in his family are essential workers and some of them are even healthcare workers. And so the last thing he wants to do is bring something home to get them sick. Yeah. 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 Despite having the libido of a 25 year old, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about interviewing strategy now, the importance of trust, uh, learning who your potential, uh, what, what do we call it? Your potential COVID buddy? Your potential COVID release partner. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, I love a release party. (laughs) Um, So once you found someone that you think you can trust, what are the following steps? Like for me, it's obviously Zoom communication or FaceTime or anything that involves video and talking seems to be the first step, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I would, would say that would be a good first step. And for um, people that are extremely, extremely cautious or maybe like that poor cashier I was referencing a second ago who is a, a nexus point and doesn't want to put other people in danger. Uh, Zoom mm-hmm. does offer some other possibilities of sexual contact with other people. If you. Oh, my God, there's an app for that. Sort of. <laughs> so there's <laughs> here's here's the safest sex that I can offer you. Right. Is obviously the standard camera communication with somebody else where there may be some naked time and some. Well, okay, you're jacking off over the camera with people. I'm trying to be subtle about this. <laughs> there he goes. There you go. There he goes. But there Good are other job. options you now. Like uh, on top of it all, you can make it more interactive. They have these remote control toys. Oh my. Uh, that you can put on oh. various points on your body that the other person you're talking with through Zoom <laughs> could control conceivably that's kind of cute you know and what a nice present huh? to show up on your doorstep from amazon as a surprise <laughs> you know the, the jetsons didn't tell us about this yeah <laughs> I, no no they did they did that's when he at the end of the credits when he says jane get me off this crazy thing oh <laughs> i'm remembering the sound effect that's going off when he screams <laughs> that <laughs> <and> that's <laughs> terrifying yeah exactly um dan I mean, I, I would, I, I, I appreciate the sort of step one, step two, step whatever, but I think a more sober examination has to start with the end game for me, at least like what, where are you willing to end up? If you are not willing to end up in bed with a person, then that sort of governs the previous steps. Cause mm-hmm. you know, if you know, you're not going to end up in bed, mm-hmm. do you want to meet them for coffee? Cause you know, if you meet them for coffee, you're just going to take them home. You know, are you likely? I mean, that, mm-hmm. that would be, if, if that's yeah. really your purpose in meeting for coffee, is that, yeah. <laughs> so that and you can you can contact them. And what is the lead up to that now, too? Yeah, you know, so like- I, I think a, a way to stay safe is to establish ahead of time, actually, how far are you willing to go with anyone? Like, are you willing to take someone to your mm-hmm. bed? 
And is that bed in a house with other people? That would be the first yeah. question I would ask. And then, the, and then the follow-up to that is, okay, so if, if given the answer to that, what makes sense getting to that point? And if the point is you're not going to get into bed, well, then that answers a lot of questions right up front. Yeah. And let's yeah. face it, this changes what some types of intimacy are now. Like kissing is no longer a first step. Let's be oh, honest. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the the clearest, most most defined way of spreading COVID that there is. So, you know, uh, how, what replaces kissing as that first step? I mean, hand holding, rubbing elbows intimately, um, a tender pushing gift from, your butts together, a, a, a longing glance. No, because fecal room. matter is a big spreading point, so butts should not be involved. No, oh, no, goodness. clothed butts, clothed butts. That's true, but and then the, you're going to have the you're going to have the anti underwear guy who just that's not a way. It's not really legit of protection, <laughs> you know. Underwear <laughs> is it's against the constitution <laughs> to make me wear underwear. The anti I'm allergic to swamp ass. You're talking about the the, the anti mask free ballers is is who you're talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so like to me, someone like when I'm when I'm being intimate with someone, kissing is a big deal for me. Like I understand that I have to put that aside now, to a degree, mm-hmm. until that that may yeah. not be even like a first encounter thing anymore. I don't know. I actually read something uh, preparing for this. It was recommendations from, I think it I think it was California State, but I can't remember. But they were basically saying like we know you you have to have sex. We know this. <laughs> we understand. But like avoid their suggestions were avoid kissing and avoid sexual positions that involve the faces being in close proximity. Um, hmm. So they had a couple like I think it was reverse cowgirl or wheelbarrow position, which may not be an option for most of us. Listening well, to this podcast. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if you use an actual wheelbarrow, that might help. <laughs> I mean, I'm making certain assumptions. I'm certain certain chasers can maintain the wheelbarrow position for a little while. Uh, uh, but uh, but, <laughs> well, well, the other thing is how how confident are we about uh, uh, vectors of transmission with other bodily fluids you know like sweat mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I, sweat <laughs> vaginal secretions whatever and earning our educational tag for this week uh since we brought up the topic i did look up whether or not semen uh transmits the covid virus do they know uh, current information there is no evidence that uh the virus is transmitted via semen however trace amounts of the virus has been found in the semen of people yeah. who have it or have or are recovering from it. So the answer so is it depends how hard you don't hard it, know. That's that's what it says explicitly. <laughs> it depends how hard yeah. you try. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not supposed to touch my face. <laughs> <laughs> Just wear a plastic bag over your head. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. For my money, uh, Don was talking about like the various sort of half solutions of what you can do through a webcam or sexting or whatever for me uh that i get virtually nothing from that kind of experience i know that i'm not you know that's probably not even the majority of people but for me i would rather put more time and effort into getting to know a single person um which little known fact about me i mean i've talked to you guys about this but i've actually been dating somebody and i would for me i know this is not everybody but i would rather put the effort into developing something like that over months and months so that when you do meet, you feel very confident about how that's going to go. 
versus like trying to get some kind of intermediary payoff of like sexual gratification from like a webcam interaction. Just for me personally, it's so dissatisfying and uncomfortable. I, I, I would encourage people who are trying to figure out the best route to put the time into getting to know somebody. Um, cause ultimately that's as close as you can get as that's as close as you can get to trusting somebody. So, um, Michael suggesting that you uh, also suggesting you get your inner demisexual on and uh, <laughs> find the passion for the yeah. person first. Has anyone else ever seen the memes about like sitting on someone's face where it says like, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> um, I think that has special resonance in our community. I have actually yes. had someone say that to me once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. What a way to go. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, maybe this isn't, uh, that's like more of a get a, a goofus approach <laughs> during COVID. And you have to be gallant. And gallant leans forward every couple seconds to make sure that they don't kill their partner. <laughs> gallant has says, a series of Morse code taps that you can use to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> Two uh, taps are excitement, four taps are get off me. <laughs> Anything else on this subject, folks? There's just one other Um, thing that I was going to say as, you know, there's so many chasers. uh, Chubbs too, I'm sure. But I mean, I I hear a lot about chasers doing this. Where the the thing about your, you know, the Chubb is interested, the chaser seems interested, but no one's setting up a date. Like no one said, yeah, Thursday, five o'clock. And Mm -hmm. I think that this whole... The, the the quarantine has exacerbated the problem because I find myself saying, you know, I like apologizing for not setting something up because I normally would. And I, I, I think that's like moving, <laughs> moving the ball down the field, so to speak. And I think yeah. this, this whole quarantine exacerbates the problem of people sort of not getting together out of... I don't know if it's not having the social skills, not having the appointment skills, but do you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, there are a lot of people who are in the position of like the chaser will never meet or they're vague about meeting or they meet. The answer to meeting is, well, maybe someday if I'm in the mood, like you, you can't gauge it. Yeah. And I'm feeling this whole situation exacerbates that because are they going to meet anybody and are they yeah. talking about that? I feel like it could go one of like it could go either way because on the one hand, like we're talking about the random growler message, like there are people who are going to be willing to meet right away. And that to me is a huge warning sign. Like you can pretty much mm. weed those people out yeah. right off the bat. And then, and then to Dan's point, like maybe the chaser who's a little more reserved or doesn't have the social awareness to know to how to set up an actual, you know, concrete meeting is also going to be uh, more reserved even on top of that because of the fear of you know getting getting sick or getting other people sick um it I, it could be i don't know you you would know more about this than i would but could it potentially be a good thing in that now there's something you can actually say to address whether and like it's not just the vagary of whether or not you think somebody's cute enough to meet it's actually like there is quarantine there is covid do we meet as a way of just getting into that subject well, it certainly gives an out because honestly, in my mind, and I, you know, ch- chasers out there, you could send me cards and letters to disagree if you want. But I think <laughs> a lot of the reason that chasers don't follow through, sure, there's people who don't know how to set up a date. There really are. 
But I think a lot of them, a lot of chasers are worried that, well, I'm horny now, but if I set up a date for next Friday, I don't know that I'll be horny then. And then I'll just have to cancel. Or you know what usually happens. They just ghost. They just wink out of right. existence. <laughs> it's so funny because like I wish chasers would be upfront about that sort of thinking. Because honestly, if that's what you're thinking about me, wonderful. I can just write you off right now because it means you have no interest in me at all. You're just looking for a hole. I mean, what are, the rest that, of, what are the rest you know? of you think? Do I have this? Am I just being too cynical? What do you think? I think that's, I don't know, probably pretty spot on. Yeah. I've, I know I've cut people off because they treated me like that. So yeah, it doesn't surprise Th- that me. That makes sense to me. Although I almost wonder if you could turn that to your, I mean, if you get somebody who's at least willing to talk about meeting instead of being evasive, like maybe you could come up with like a sort of a COVID ripcord. Like, you know, like there's no obligation if we get together, like I just, like, let's just talk. And then like it, during, at the end of that, like, you can use COVID as your excuse to like, oh, I'm I'm feeling really anxious or like, blah, 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 like I'm uncomfortable still or like I like you, but whatever. And instead of making it personal about the person across the table from you where you don't want to hurt their feelings, you can use the COVID ripcord and just say like, I just it's so weird being out in public and I'm so not used to this anymore. I think I just need to go back home and like maybe we can try this again next time or whatever. And then the chaser or chub might not feel as confronted by having to reject somebody outright. Sure. That makes sense to me. I mean, it's <laughs> it's that old line, you know, you know, have the decency to lie to me, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if somebody's got if somebody's got those level of issues already, you know. There was a comic like whatever had, moves it along. There was a comic I once heard who talked about the difference between New York and New York and LA and in New York you know, you make a date to go to the movies with a friend and the friend doesn't show up and you go, dude, what happened? And he goes, oh, oh, the traffic. And did you see that thing in the subway? And he has this elaborate excuse. Someone doesn't show up for you on a date in LA. The person says, oh, dude, sorry, I spaced. And it's like, no, no, you have the decency to lie to me. Come up with a better excuse than you spaced. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't think this is, I think to Dan's point, this is not going to improve anybody's behavior. <laughs> no, but it may make lying easier. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, Although I got to say, you've know, got like, less excuse for ghosting during the quarantine. So if yeah, you like, where were you? I'm yeah. writing your ass yeah. off fast. <laughs> I, You're gone. <laughs> You're done. You know? I actually saw an article talking about how uh, we need to bring back the away message just because that we've kind of lost the ability to be like, oh, I was busy. Like, or like I, oh, I wasn't. What do you mean the away message? Like an email? Or? Um, I wasn't well, no, next like, to the phone, so I could not take your call. So now um, I am officially always on call for whenever you have a whim to reach out to me. Like a AOL instant messenger, a Yahoo messenger um, oh, back in the day oh, yeah. used to have the ability to where when you weren't available or if like you were doing stuff, you could set up a message. And if someone sent message you, it would say, oh, you know, I'm away from my computer right now. Oh, so they didn't get all huffy. Like I texted you 67 times yeah, in like, five hello? minutes. Where were you? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, what are your um, thoughts? And if you have any thoughts on this stuff, guys, uh, we have got a Facebook yeah, page. You can check know. out. Let us know. Chime in. Yeah. People yeah. will co- people will start a conversation about it. Do we have a uh, tip for the week? Michael has a tip. <gasps> yeah. So if you there, there's a there are a couple things you can do if you decide that you want to get to know somebody, um, or even if you decide you want to date somebody, um, virtually. I mean, I think we mentioned this a little bit, but I've done it more since the the last episode at the beginning of June. 
Um, different ways to watch something together. Like you can't go to a movie theater anyway. I mean, I know AMC opened and fuck that. Like, no, I'm, (laughs) I'm not doing that. I hope most people don't. It's too soon. It is safer to go suck a dick than to go to the movie theater right now. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even kidding. It's studies, studies show that (laughs) if you're really, if you're really missing that movie theater experience, just grab some butter, grab some popcorn, pour it over and go to town. (laughs) The problem is that when you're sucking dick, you really don't see the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not putting your phone in the wrong right place then. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Anyway, Michael, um, (laughs) tell us about these services. (laughs) So there's a lot of really built. In fact, uh, I believe Hulu has a built in way to do like a viewing party. Um, I think you both have to have a Hulu account. Disney Plus. Netflix has it. Is that this Netflix? uh, There's a Chrome uh, extension called Netflix Party. I don't know if Netflix has actually incorporated their own version of that. There's also, I mean, Facebook has a version of it, but it's extremely unreliable. I wouldn't go to that one first. Also, this is really cool. I mean, it's a little more for like the people who are lucky enough to have a virtual reality device. But I was able to, uh, you can watch movies together in a virtual movie theater um, through something like the Oculus app. Um, the, the app there is called Big Screen. Um, and you can either rent movies through the app, like, and, and some of them are 3D movies, which is kind of its own version of, you know, if you're into that, um, or you can share, like, if you both have the same file on your computers, you can watch those at the same time. So that's kind of, that's, I, I would say more for somebody who's into VR already, but you know, if that's the case, like it can also be a really fun way. And it was surprisingly like the first time I tried that, I was like, I don't know that this is going to add much to the experience, but like. You know, it's just your dumb little avatar sitting next to their dumb little avatar, but they're looking at you and they're waving at you and it's kind of cute and you can like high five each other. Um, so there there are ways to like have some of those experiences that are different. Like I'm not going to say it's the same, but you can you can do some I'm, of that stuff. So. I, I'm laughing. I'm not laughing because it's stupid. I'm laughing because it's meaningful. <laughs> Yeah, like exactly yeah. that. Really, that works. Yeah, it works. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So do we have a bit for today. We do. <gasps> Today's bit is a brief history of dating. Ah, oh. um, and I've well, taken whose <laughs> the, the history of dating as we know it today. Okay. Uh, so the the answers I'm going to be uh, selecting are from Moira, Moira Weigel's Labor of Love: The Invention of Dating. Um, Interesting. And here we go. Are we all ready? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. a multiple choice thing again. Question one. Why do we call dating dating? Hmm. A. The term is an ancient one dating back to Roman times when a man would present the father of a woman he was interested in marrying with a basket of figs or dates. Uh, Better quality and the larger amounts reflected a man's family's wealth and intensity of interest. B. In the early 1900s, it was used by convicts released from prison to mark the time when their parole ended and they were legally allowed to associate with unmarried women again. <laughs> C. It was used in a newspaper in the late 1800s by a writer complaining that his girlfriend was seeing so many other men that he had, she had no room for him in her date book. Or D. Dating, originally an old English term that I, I can't pronounce this word, originally referred to the opposite sexes spending time with each other during daylight hours under God's eye when sexual hijinks were seen as being less likely. Huh. Oh, oh. like to do with the word day, like daylight, uh, like like date, day, day. Yes, day. day. Okay. 
Huh. I like the the fig one. <laughs> I'm gonna go with um the date book thing. The Wait, uh, what? the Which newspaper. One? Yeah, uh, the newspaper newspaper guy with the thing. date book. Uh, I'm gonna go with C as well. I believe it's something about so many dates in the date book. Uh, I'll be the contrarian and go with D, just because I really have no idea, but. <laughs> I tend to be wrong anyway, so fuck it. Is this because we don't give a fig about A? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the correct answer is C, the Yay! newspaper. Uh, the actual quote was, they are filling all my dates. <laughs> ah. <laughs> all right. Hmm. Uh, what are hmm. some hazards you might run into, a date, uh, run into on a date in the year 1900? Hmm. One, you might be arrested for prostitution after buying a woman food, drink, or gifts. Two. It was considered good form to provide an alternate alternate date if you canceled. So if the person who showed up on your date might not be the person you made the date with. Three, a chastity cord was often wrapped around a woman's undergarment. The cord had to be broken for the garment to be removed to prevent any hanky-panky. If the woman had to use the facilities during a date, she might have some explaining to do to her mother when she came home with a cord broken. Oh, or four, soda counters frequently charged a courtship fee to couples on dates, ostensibly to cover the extra attention required uh, by the attendant who would have to act as a chaperone. <laughs> can you explain to it? Can I hear the second one again? I didn't understand yeah. that. Uh, it was considered good form to provide an alternate date if you canceled. So well, you the person... Person. So you don't mean an alternate... An alternate human being. Human being. Yeah, like you were supposed to go out on the town <laughs> with me. I can't make it, so here's my sister. Uh, that sort of thing. That's a committed wingman. All right. Huh. <laughs> um, I'm going with that one. I'm going with B just because I think it's funny. I think that would be a, a really good like short film, okay. like showing up for a date and somebody else. I'm going with <laughs> I'm going with A. I think it is actually the idea that you would you would buy a woman something while you were out and treating her <laughs> could be seen in 1900 as prostitution. Yeah, I'm torn between B and C. Um, <laughs> Which one was C again? The the little the chastity, chastity court. Oh, the chastity court. <laughs> Um, Join me. I'm going to go with the wrong together. (laughs) I'm going to go with the chastity cord just because, like, why not? (laughs) It seems like the most like impractical, but it's like (laughs) people didn't care about women. Yep. All right. So it's like, well, who cares if she has to get like she just should go pee before her date. Uh, And the correct answer is number one. You might be arrested for prostitution after buying a woman. It. It was just seen as suspicious. Yeah, absolutely. All of these things should be lavished on a woman you were not married to. And well, yeah, and and that's not how, again, if if this is pre-dating, that didn't make any sense. Like, why are you with her and why are you paying for her? Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. Question three. Which of the following was a change from traditional courtship when modern dating was first introduced? A. Gentlemen were supposed to match at least one article of clothing to the woman's dress to show that he was her escort when they were in public. It became customary for women to have pocket squares made from the same fabric as her dress uh, that she presented to men that she favored. B. Hmm. Just the act of going outside the house together in public without an escort was considered new and shocking. Before this, suitors had to spend all time with the woman in her house, usually with her family. C. Double dating. Having two couples spending their time together removed the family chaperone from the equation and protected the woman's virtue and reputation. Or D, the man was no longer expected to spend time with the woman's father before seeing her. I'm going with B. Uh, Just the idea of actually going out independently 
uh, as opposed to having a gentleman caller over and everybody is there watching. Okay. I'm going to say B2 because, yeah, I just because that feels the most right. I'm I'm going to say double dating just to just to go over three. He's our rebel. He's going on the limb. Okay, so we have one for going out together in public together and one for double dating. The correct answer is B, going outside yeah. in public <laughs> together. That was actually completely different from courtships that came before. Yes. Uh, you would never go out unescorted in public. All right. The final question. Dun, dun, dun. Before modern dating, what might a young man expect from his beloved's parents during the courtship procedure? Um, and the, I have to caution that this is a definite might. That there is no way that this was any of these being offered was a must occur event. Okay. One, if the courtship went on too long, the parents might encourage a man they thought was a good prospect to get to second or even third base with their daughter in order to close the deal. Oh. Two, the young man was expected to essentially court a woman's parents for a short time before proposing marriage in order to show what sort of lifestyle their daughter would have with him. So parents would insist on this. Uh, three, the young woman was expected to spend several days with her suitor's family, cooking and cleaning for their for her new potential family. This was to show what sort of home she could keep for her future husband. Or four, parents who no longer wanted a man to court their daughter might politely give him a gift of footwear to walk away from their daughter. <laughs> this is the origin for the expression being given the boot. <laughs> oh, I think it's I think it's B. Uh, the young man was expected to court a, a woman's parents for a short yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it's D because that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we got the footwear thing going on. If they really hated him, they gave him track shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I am also going to go with B. And the correct answer is <laughs> A. <gasps> so really, societal mores before the 20th century weren't so rigid as you might think, according to Weigel. In the United States, a long tradition gave courting couples tacit permissions to engage in sexual behavior, so long as they stopped short of intercourse. Mm. Young couples could sleep in the same bed, provided they're each tarried or sewn into cloth sacks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin reminisced about how the parents of his first marriage prospect encouraged him to fool around with their daughter. They would invite him over and leave the two of them on the parlor alone. Uh, versions of this wink winking permissiveness towards serious couples persisted up through the calling era. All right. Hmm. Truth. Tell, tell the truth. The three of us, we pretty much discounted that right off the bat. Didn't we? Yeah. 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 I did. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. That huh. was the one that actually made me think I could come up with a bit out of this. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good job. Good job. Wow. Excellent. So we thanks just, for spending another hour with the Big yes. Fat Gay podcast. Uh, at, at least an hour. <laughs> future <laughs> yeah. Michael's going to have his work cut out for him. <laughs> Good luck, Future Michael. <laughs> well, Bully for maybe you. you've just, you're completely fascinated by everything you heard in this episode. And you're wondering, where can I get more? more. Well, more. Music. We're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us a five-star review there. See all the lovely uh, stuff we've referenced at www.bigfetgaypod.com. Leave us a five-star review on Apple uh, Podcasts, maybe Stitcher too. I never know. Yes. You can <laughs> yep. Yes, Stitcher. you got it. Yes, okay, there too. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, 
it's the end of another week. Maybe you're listening while wearing your mask at the grocery store, picking out some cereal, and you're looking at the uh, <laughs> the frosted flakes with marshmallows, and you see Don on the box. Hi. And he winks at you. Hi. And then uh, you put it in your cart, and you turn around, and Michael's there. <laughs> and he's not wearing a mask, so... Look out! Look <laughs> out!